Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix Breakfast Cinema. The podcast that today is ad- is admitting is admitting that there is pretty much only one game in the cinematic town. Yes, Marvel have released another movie and everyone else has run scared, although today we shall be discussing whether everybody else should have been so scared. My name is Tosin, I am the host, and I am up in the Midlands in the United Kingdom. And joining me on the Isle of Wight, as always, is Sharon Bolland. Hello. And making a recent comeback <laughs> is Sean Harris. Hello there, hello. Yes, Sean Harris, the man who we have... Who we, who we, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We determined this week, Matt Kermode is a big, big fan of. Oh, yes, huge fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, we have, we have the evidence of Mark Kermode saying Sean Harris. I mean, he's just brilliant in everything. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, so Sean has been dining out on that one. Sean has been dining out on that one. Anyway, uh, we are going to, what we usually do on this show is that we go to the cinema. We usually see three things, usually one film per person per week. And we stay at home and we see three things, one film, one thing per person per week. And we come back and we rate them out of five. Although, as we said, there is one game in the cinematic town. That is Doctor Strange. Marvel have done it again. They've released the film and everyone else has gone, no, not us. No, we'll just let you have the cinema all to yourself. But <laughs> even then, we've managed to get two films in. So we've all seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. And Sean, you managed to see a film that has been around for a while, but um, we've never we haven't got around to it because let's be honest, I was the only one who was going to watch it, and I haven't. Yes. Been... <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I figured. I figured. I figured we might need one in case. But yeah. So. Yeah. So. yeah I'm the, I was the only one who was going to watch it, and I have not been able to find time in my nappy changing schedule to watch <laughs> to watch this film, which is The Bad Guys, an animated movie. For those of you wondering why I was the only one who would watch it, Sharon would rather. <laughs> Ooh, I've got to, I've got to think. Sharon would rather watch the book of Boba Fett that be made, that be made to watch it, watch an an animated movie. So um, and at home, so I keeping everything Marvel, so we could have like a Marvel big screen versus Marvel small screen thing. I saw Moon Knight. I have seen all of all six episodes of Moon Knight. Sharon, what did you see? At the cinema, I saw Doctor Strange, and at home, I saw The Rising on Sky. All right, and Sean, at home, you saw. Yeah, um, the other side of the wind, which was uh, it's not it was a documentary film on Netflix, which um, was about Awesome Wales's last film that never got released. So. Oh yeah, I knew that that title sounded so familiar. Mm. So yeah. so it was all about Awesome Wales. Basically, it was all about Awesome Wales and. Him making his last film, and some there's quite a few films he's sort of half made or yeah. you know, made and haven't been completed, and yeah. it was a li- little bit about his career and everything. So I thought well, that was quite good because you know there's other directors in it, Peter Bogdanovich and John Huston, and it's very much a if you're into your films because Citizen Kane has always been. He said that really, although Citizen Kane, Orson Welles was saying, although Citizen Kane was rated as a good film, as a great film, it's sort of that was like. His career was all, you know, everybody was facing cancer. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, I reckon, it kind of killed his career. Yeah, because he was quite young when he made that, wasn't he? And it, yeah. it twenty-four sort of, or something. Yeah, followed him forevermore, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, oh, what? Anything he made, why isn't it Citizen Kane? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Citizen Kane. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did well with the Citizen Kane. You messed up with this one. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it did fall because you see the other side of the wind. 
when Netflix released this, this is one of these. This is one of the problems I find with Netflix. They released so much stuff, mm. and I remember when they released that, and I thought uh, because it was being advertised and it was being advertised as this was them getting all of his all the footage of the other side of the wind and somehow finishing the film, mm. finishing the 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 film the other side, of, and I was like, ooh, gotta watch that. The next thing you know, other things come up and you forget that that is ever on Netflix. So you just reminded me of like three years ago when <laughs> when I first heard about that, I thought I needed to watch that and I never did because other stuff just sort of like, it, it got buried. I think it got buried over an av- under Avalanche of All Things. Okay, cool. So we'll have those three things. And I think also, Sean, I am quite interested to hear your thoughts on a film that it seems I am destined to never see in the cinema. That wow. is, yeah, The Northman. Yeah. You went to see The Northman. Sharon saw The Northman. I yeah. want to see The Northman. I think <laughs> out of any film that's happened this year, I really wanted to see that more than anything else. But timings and stupid cinemas taking it off the roster and people charging way too much means I haven't got to I haven't got to see that. When we get there, I'll tell you why I haven't seen The Northman and what what, what happened with my latest attempts to get to the cinema to see The Northman. But before we get there, we have some feedback, people. We have feedback. And you know how it is on this show. We like people getting in touch with us. We like people. We like knowing that even though we would witter on into the into the infinite multiverse and we wouldn't really care if anybody was listening because we're having too much fun talking to each other. It is good to know that some people actually think and hear what we say and hear, hear what they think about it. So first up, this comes from Facebook. We have we have feedback from three different places today, guys. So first up on Facebook, we have a comment on our because we've been posting the videos, the individual videos of our different reviews that we've done up on Facebook and on YouTube. And we on the Operation Mincemeat review, which Sharon did for us, we have a comment. And this continues the usual the usual thing that we have, where we know that whenever we get like you know feedback from the public, Sean gets fan mail Sharon gets people who say oh yes oh yeah oh yeah well done Miss Bolo and I get abuse (laughs) (laughs) so this is from Will Nicklin Will Nicklin a friend of mine married to superfan Nina and he says about Operation Mincemeat I just watched it I would give it a four star but I'm biased as is my genre type and if you ever met Will World War 2 is like his world but is but helped by a strong story but a small cast also helped it and I thought the photography was good and you really first felt immersed in the era. Nice. So, yeah. So that was it. I think that was somebody who who agrees with you Sharon about about that film being uh being good. And then on WhatsApp we had who we know is our most probably our most regular listener who has made this part of his his weekly routine traveling on the tube in London, going to work, listening to us with her on sometime, like on a Monday, Tuesday morning. And that is my cousin, Taiwo. And Taiwo has says, hey, Tosin, enjoyed the last two episodes and it's great to have Sean back. Fan mail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so it's like Sean gets fan mail. Sharon gets like, you know, the prestige. I get abuse. It's like, it's like, you, <laughs> it's like, you're the host. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having four people seems to work well. I had a moment of great pride and immediate shame when I finally got one of Sean's background screens before Sharon did, Nicholas K. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me tell you how impressive this is. Because I, at this point, right, 
I, ha I usually, when Sean, Sean shows up on Zoom and he shows up with pictures in the background and if you go online, you can see these pictures and you can try and figure out who the actors are in them and who the, and who the, um, and what the film is. And I haven't had a chance because of nappy changing and all that kind of stuff. I haven't had a chance to post any of the videos of us trying to figure out what film this is on. So that means that Taiwo must have been doing this purely from my description, my wow. audio description Ooh, of what was wow. behind Sean. <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking. I, I haven't asked him, but I'm thinking that's the only way he would have known it. That's the only way he would have. It's like it must have been from my audio description. Because when we were when we were doing this, when we were we were when I was doing this and going, all right, cool, Sean showed up with a picture and I'm gonna describe this picture, I was thinking this is a nonsense. This is an audio <laughs> this is an audio thing and I'm sitting here describing a picture that people are supposed to guess, but apparently it kind of works. <laughs> so I'm like I, I considered cutting it out of the edit, but I thought, nah, just leave it in there, see what happens. And look what happened. Someone played a log. So he says, uh, so he says like a moment of great pride and immediate shame when I finally got one of Sean's background screens before Sharon did, Nicolas Cage. Then the shame doubt that I should be proud of getting it and it was the low brow fiesta of guns and ridiculousness that is face <laughs> off. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, okay, go on. Then. And he ends up by saying, anyway, and Doctor, enjoy Doctor Strange and hope your body forgives you in the morning because that's when I was going to go for a midnight showing before I realized that there were no midnight showings. So I had to spend two days dodging spoilers on the internet because people are horrible. <laughs> and he says, as always, I'll be skipping that review until I get to watch it in about three months' time. <laughs> and the final bit... So what was that? He's got not quite baby responsibilities, but he's got little people responsibilities. He's got he's got two year old responsibilities. Yeah. He's got two year old responsibilities. And finally, finally, we go to YouTube. And on YouTube, we had a comment from somebody called Rose Connolly. Rose Connolly, who left a review on uh, left a comment on our review of the Dropout, and she says, "I agree. It was excellent, and Amanda was brilliant. Amanda Seyfried, who was brilliant." Too bad you wasted time talking about another film. <laughs> because I spent the first minute of that review talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 versus Sonic the Hedgehog 1. So there it is. There's the very, very slight abuse. <laughs> so we were so keeping up the whole thing. Prestige, fan mail, abuse. And uh, talking about another film. You could have mentioned the wonderful cast and the equally brilliant performances. This is a must-see. To which I replied, you couldn't be more right. So... <laughs> So thank you, Rose. Thank you, Will. And thank you, Taiwo, for getting in touch with us. We love getting any feedback. If you feel so inclined, go onto what's onto Apple um, Podcast or wherever it is you find the podcast and leave us a good review or just right. some more abuse for me. I'm used thank to it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it now. It, it's kind of worked off a dog's back. From my point of view, just mince me. I would have I would have given it a three star myself. I am um, because I, uh, I saw that the operation mince me. Me, I yeah. think I think Sharon gave it a three star. Did you give it a three star as well, Sharon? I think, yeah, you did. Actually, wait, 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 wait. Let me let me have a, a okay. Talk oh, amongst yourself. So yeah, um, there was a film. I'm sure there was another '60s film about like man who 70, never was. the man who never was. Yeah, that that's that's that was. And that's, I, I think. Wow. I think. Give you a moment. Yeah. One moment here. Yeah, so no, I, there's I, this book called. Operation Heartbreak, which was written by a guy called Duff Cooper in 1950, right. before they revealed the name of the body, yeah. and that's a fictionalised account of you know, the same thing. So right. it's been in yeah. the popular culture, literally 
almost contemporaneously, um, contemporaneously to what it happened. That's it. Yeah, I think for me, I think what it was was when I went to see it, I was expecting a little bit more subterfuge, and it was a little bit too heavy on the on the romance. Well, you know, the the, the unrequited love and all that for, for, for my taste. So, <laughs> so, you just, you know, you just sounded like you, you were just going again. Kissing. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I did find it a bit schmaltzy. I don't know. But Blow that's, something that's, up. <laughs> I, you know yeah I, I was i think i was when you go forward i was thinking oh it'll be like because i remember the the man that never was i remember that as being quite sort of a lot more focus on the actual operation rather than but for me there was too much focus on the the interpersonal relationships for me that's from a personal point of view so. yeah. all right I, I okay yeah, sure, sure. i was wrong you did give operation minstreet four four stars yeah i gave it four Okay, cool. We stole long enough. Now we have to carry oh, okay. on. We need to start talking about films this week. And we need to kick off with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is, uh, once again, the next film in the Marvel canon thing. This is a film that is a sequel to quite a few different things. It's a sequel to the original Doctor Strange. It carries on the story that we left off in WandaVision. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's come up after Spider-Man No Way Home. There's all these things that Marvel is picking up with this film and running with it. And in this film, you meet Doctor Strange. He's now aware of the multiverse. And, it, and as the title tells you, it's no secret that in this film, they get to travel into the multiverse through a character that we meet in the first frame called America Chavez, who has the ability to go across the multiverse. They, the, she ends up in Doctor Strange's world. She tells him about this, and then they end up traveling across the whole thing because somebody's after her, and who's after her becomes a, the first thing that we've got to figure out in the film. And then it becomes like a chase movie where throughout the whole thing, you're trying to save this um, girl from whoever it is that wants to steal her power by killing her. That is pretty much the story. I don't think that there's anything else to add in there. So let's get straight on to... And the, the problem with this film is that it's quite hard to talk about without spoiling. Because about five minutes into the film... Spoiler! <laughs> and, and obviously, and obviously it's a Marvel movie. They like to put su su surprises in there. There's all sorts of things that were speculated about this film, about who was going to show up. If we're going into the multiverse, what are we going to see? And all this different stuff that was just coming out of it. So that's why I, was, I had myself locked up for two days, ignoring all social media because people were going to say what was in it before I finally, finally got to see the film. What did you guys think of this? Do you, want to, do you want to go first, Sharon? Or do you want me to go first? I mean, I don't yeah, know. I don't mind. Because uh, I haven't got any sort of great insights, really. I, I did have to do my homework. I had to go and watch um, Spider-Man No Way Home. So I watched that at the beginning of the week just to get a bit of an idea of what's going on. So that did help. Yep. Um, <laughs> one who hasn't seen that one, it certainly helps to sort of expand um, the understanding of Doctor Strange as well. Yeah. I the, I, I, on the whole, I enjoyed it very much. I liked um, some of the nods I thought to classic cinema. There's one I would say there's like a Fantasia moment, and then there was almost like a Universal's picture moment that I thought that was quite fun. All right. Oh no no no! I'm, I'm just wondering because loads of people have been talking about loads of nods in this film that, and I missed most of them. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I think I, I think I caught some of the horror ones, but a lot of these things, a lot of these nods that there were, this one I missed. So, so there, there were some interesting sort of nods to other, yeah, other sort of classics of cinema. I think in some ways that sort of ties in with the whole Wonder Vision thing, where you get this. Sort of classic TV um, thing. Classic TV thing is in this. There was what the elements of classic cinema. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed exploring um, 
Doctor Strange. Yep. <laughs> um, because you know we have, in, as in their multiverse, there's there's the multiple versions of most characters. Most characters exist in another universe. They have a similar arc, but not exactly the same. So it's interesting to see how one, you know, sort of the fickle finger of fate in one work universe can make someone um, almost like how it can change their whole development and how how their their world is affected around them. So yeah, there's some on a higher level. There's some intellectual things. Oh well, yeah, that's quite an interesting sort of you know intellectual thing to think about. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought I had humor. Quite irreverent humour as well, which was quite a sort of suits my sort of personal taste. So on the whole, I would say I enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Sure. What did you think? Okay, that, my thoughts because, on it. Because um, you've you've actually seen it more than once, haven't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, Sharon really upset. That, that was brilliant, Sharon. What what you said there about the the nods to different things. You know, I mean, I'm sure you saw a lot more than I did. Um, for for me, the the film was uh what should we say it was quite interesting the fact that it introduces it introduces some character without giving too much away and i think i did say talk to someone about it and they said well it's in the trailer so it's not really a giveaway there's there's a, another marvel tv series called what if so yes, yes. and and there's a few few nods in that to to so yeah, yeah. it's like it's going to like be the next phase i think they've introduced the next phase and what's really interesting is there's one character that you can see so they're bringing the whole lot together, you know. There's, there's like these. Oh, it's, it was like Marvel getting the band back together. They're getting the band back together. They're getting the the the, the right yeah, well, yeah, it's so, kind yeah. of it's kind of like you, you can see oh, oh, like when Marvel because I, I remember talking about Spider Man No Way Home and saying that a large part of that film, it, for me, it wasn't it wasn't so much a film about Spider Man as it was a film about Marvel and Disney's extra wranglings about the character of spider-man is like and, and, and about the fight between spider-man and sony and how you get and that that was what i and i think there's a bit of this where we talk about getting the band back together where marvel since they bought fox and they're like we've got fox that means we own all the x-men characters now yes. that means we have and, and so and so there, there's bits where you can see them going okay cool now we're gonna now we're essentially going to recreate the comics on screen quite, quite frankly yeah. So, so yeah, sorry, Sean, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's cool. That's cool. You said that. So that aspect of it was quite because the, the other characters that are in it, you know, the the Illuminati, should we say, was mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm okay with those characters. So I I knew what, what each of the characters were from. The film on the whole started off for me. It started off really, really, really good. Yeah. And then I, I, towards the end, it started to get a bit cliche, should we say, and a bit uh, mm. no, and a bit for me. There was a bit in, um, you know, the, the the one of the Avengers one where it's like, you know, you've gone this far and all of a sudden it's sort of like, really? It's that? You, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like you've, you've gone exactly through so much, like, you know, so much trauma for this one goal. And then it's like, oh, you know, um, to me, that's so for me, I was thinking, it lost a little bit of consistency towards the end. It was a bit of a letdown towards the end, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Now, the thing is, uh, I, I was smiling and I, I, I almost jumped in when Sharon was talking and I decided to be polite and stuff. Because when you, when you mentioned the whole thing about the intellectual stuff, you, so Sharon, you said about it, it being. And this is a weird thing because obviously this comes 
this is the next film that they've made after Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's going to be compared to that film. There's no two ways about it. And so I was watching this. And I was, I was comparing that when I was watching Spider-Man No Way Home, I was enjoying that as I was watching it. And this, I wasn't so much enjoying it as I was studying it. <laughs> as I was sitting out there going, huh, okay. Okay, that's that's okay. Clearly, if you're gonna do that, but you know, if you're gonna do that, what's that gonna mean for that? And I was, I was kind of so sad out there, just so sort of studying this film, and there were bits about this where I felt like it's it's carried on, as I said, that whole thing of Marvel not making a film about whatever the film's about, but it's almost as if you can see that you can feel the outside world behind the film intruding on the film, and that's why that guy's there, and that's why this person's shown up. Now there are some cameos in this film that are, there is one musical cue. There is one musical cue where they have a little bit of music that plays when a character <laughs> shows up that had me punch in the air. And any child of the 90s, any child of the 90s who was a fan of comic books and especially Marvel comic books in the 90s, that was a total punch in the air. I was like, oh, yes, they went there. I think the, the film is, um, there was a whole bunch of talk about it being like Marvel's first horror movie. And there's definitely horror inflections in there. The fact that you have, there's bits that you can see in the trailer. And there's bits that, you know, when you talk about What If, which was the first time that they actually sort of went to the multiverse and all that kind of stuff, that, that there's bits in there. Although you guys both know, and I have gone on record many times on this, on this podcast saying as I do not like the multiverse. I think the multiverse leads to lazy writing. And I feel like the multiverse is the thing that is going to destroy the MCU. This film, and I mean, I remember watching Spider-Man No Way Home and thinking, I enjoyed that, but I can still see the problems of the multiverse coming through, and it's going to it it's it's started a little bit. This film has only reinforced my view that the multiverse is going to destroy the MCU. Yeah. It it has only reinforced it because when we talk about when we talk about lazy, <laughs> like there is one pep talk. There's a well, Sean. I totally agree with you. That the film starts off all like nice, like, oh, okay, what are we going to do here? Oh, it's going to be a bit weird, and it's going to be a bit... And there's a bit like, you know, the first Doctor Strange went weird, and it went Jack Kirby weird. And there's a bit where, like, you know, where Doctor Strange does his first trip through the through the sort of, like, astral plane. And they have a similar sort of thing here, but it's kind of like traveling through the different multiverses because when, they, when he does the first trip. But... But the, the, and there's a and so those bits are all nice and they're interesting and they're a bit out there and they're weird. But there's a bit where they give a pep talk and oh my god, it's it's kind of like let me put it this way: there was a film called Shout, and I and I'm I'm trying to talk about these things without talking about Doctor Strange because I don't want to give any spoilers. But there's a film called Shout in which um, John Travolta plays like some sort of blues teacher musician in the 1950s, and he goes to this town and there's these kids who. Uh, you know, trying to play but can't really play the guitar. And then there's this scene where John Travolta gives this kid a pep talk and goes, come on, it's inside you. It's been inside you the whole time. You just got to let it out. And the next thing you know, the guy's the best blues guitarist in the world. And you're thinking, what the hell? And there's a scene in this film that gave me a massive what the hell moment. Yeah. And I was like, what? How can... No, no, come on. And it's, and Sean, when you talk about the whole thing about You've come this far. Why would you come? And the character motivations, I am, especially one particular character, I am not particularly sure that the motivations follow on from what we have seen before. Mm. There's an argument to be made that it does follow on. There's an argument to be made that it does not follow on. But it makes you, it, it, 
but you're like you turn two pages there something something went wrong there that is that's quite a drastic jump and 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 at the end of the film at the conclusion of the film they do some things where i'm like hang on but if you have just done that five minutes ago and you've just realized that five minutes ago why the hell are you doing that now why aren't you doing that (laughs) And, and so there's just there's just bits that that you're, you're like this doesn't make sense this doesn't hold together and and it's a shame because Benedict Cumberbatch is probably the best he's ever been as Doctor yeah. Strange yeah putting putting like different shades of the character especially I think because I remember in the first Doctor Strange movie Rachel McAdams you, there was almost kind of like a why is she even in this film <laughs> It's like there was a big thing of why is she even in this film? Why did you get Marisha Malik Adams if she's not going to do anything? They do more with her, and I think the interplay between because I remember in What If they tried to make that character, mm-hmm. for my money, they tried to make that character more important than the character ever was, and I feel like they double down on that, but it's more believable here, mostly because of the performances of Benedict Cumberbatch and Rachel McAdams. But there's just so many bits in this film where they do stuff. Not because it makes any sense, but because that's the kind of stuff you do in movies. And it annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> I, I, I think for me, I think this was a, a little bit of a showcase for the next, the next, you know, whatever generation of Marvel movies. Because they're obviously going to do some reboots and introduce oh, yeah, some other, yeah, 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 yeah. other that's, things. That's, so that's going to happen. We've, we've known that's coming for a while. Yeah, we know when it's been going for a while. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so the, the, the thing about it is, I'm actually I was surprised at how standalone this film is because there's a lot of stuff beforehand that this mm. film links to, but there's not a lot of stuff afterwards that it explicitly links to. Like it's not sort of saying, "Ooh, come back because this is gonna happen next," and "Oh, that is gonna happen next." Even in the post-credits things or anything like that, there's no "come back because ooh, this character's gonna show up in Guardians of the Galaxy Three or anything like that." So it's so it's I was quite I was quite surprised at how standalone it was. But I think we've, we've gone on a long... I, I think this film is causing a lot of debate for people. Some people think it is a pile of steam in cack. Some people think it's actually brilliant. And I come down somewhere in the middle. I come down somewhere in the middle. I think I'll have to give it a, a three, but it's a very disappointed three. <laughs> for, for, for me, yeah, I, I, I give it a three as well because it started off really interesting. It started off good. There were some nice elements in it, but it, it's like... I don't know what happens. This, this, like, seems to for, for me, it seems to be like a lot of films. Towards the end, it sort Sean, of lose, loses you, loses its way. I'll tell you what happened. The multiverse happened. The multiverse, the multiverse yeah. happened, good, and the multiverse point. the multiverse is going to ruin the MCU. I am yeah. saying it now. It is going to it, it it ruins it in the comics. It becomes big. It becomes unwieldy, and the only thing is to take off to a safe height and nuke the whole thing from space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nuke the whole thing from orbit and that's what they do in the comics and that's what's going to happen with the MCU because the it's multiverse not, is going to ruin it yeah you don't want them to use it as like a get out of jail card it's like wow you can see elements of that already happening in this film yeah it's, yes so, yeah like like for instance the character of America Chavez some people have called her a walking talking MacGuffin it's like we need to travel through the multiverse what are we going to do I think the multiverse was good. The Spider-Man, the, the latest Spider-Man one was good to put that back on, you know, for, yeah. for so that I think yeah, that was that that was they, a good they, reason. 
Yeah, they dabbled in it. They dabbled, they in, dabbled it. in it. Yeah, but now it's like, you know, yeah, become uh, a monster. Uh, an yeah, unwieldy monster. It is an unwieldy one-eyed monster in the streets of New York. And it's <laughs> and I and I, I really think it's gonna destroy the MCU. But sorry, Sharon, how many stars? I would give I would agree, I'd give it the elements I really liked, and there's elements that I was a bit like I was you say you sort of step out of the film and you're thinking about the film rather yeah. than immersed in it. So I had those moments. So for that reason I would give it a three as well. Yeah, that's it, it's it's disappointing, but but I think I, I pretty much spend most of this film with her. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Look at my face. Apart from that one, that one musical cue when one of the character shows up, and I was like, yes. There, there were a couple of bits that there were a couple of bits I really liked, and I just wish I just wish that the film had sustained it. I know that film. Uh, we have we have gone out of time. I am going to I'm going to be getting like death stares from my wife very soon. Okay. Um, so, so we need we need to crack them because we've only spoken about one film, and we have a couple more to get to. So I'm going to go through, and I'm going to get back. Okay, now we're going to go to five minutes. We're going to give ourselves five minutes to talk about each of these films, and I am going to talk about um, uh, the latest Marvel TV series, Keeping Things Marvel, and I'm going to talk about Moon Knight. Now, Moon Knight is a six-part TV series and it that stars the title of Moon Knight. It stars Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, and an actress called Mae Kalamawi. And um, it is all about uh, Oscar Isaac plays dual roles. You first meet him as a guy called uh, ooh, Stephen Grant. You meet him as a guy called Stephen Grant, who is a British... A, a British... Um, work, and it, He's a British worker in a museum in London. He loves all stuff about Egyptian um, stuff and all that, and Egyptian artifacts and Egyptian history and the Egyptian sort of like, you know, pantheon and all that. He's really, really, really into it. And it turns out that he has a dissociative identity disorder. And there's another, there's another personality living in his body called Mark Spector. And they are uh, an avatar for an Egyptian god of vengeance called Khonshu. So he, he actually wakes up every morning, he ties himself to a bed, he, he ties himself to his bed because he started realizing that he would wake, he would fall asleep, he would wake up and he would be in a different place or he would be in a different city and he would have no idea how he got there. So he starts tying himself to his bed. And you, you follow this whole thing through. You have Ethan Hawke playing a character who's, who is called Darrow, Darrow, and he is the avatar of another Egyptian god called Amit, who wants to judge the whole world before they've actually done anything wrong. So what she does is that she says, she takes a person, judges them and goes, are you going to do any evil in your life at some point? Or is your evil going to outweigh your good? If your evil outweighs your good, I kill you right here before you ever have a chance to do any of the evil. So it's, so it's this whole thing about like, you know, the fight between the gods, but done through these people. And it's done um, with Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. And this show is, well, to be honest with you, by the time I finished watching this show, I was kind of like, so what was the point of that? <laughs> like after after six episodes, I don't know what the point was. I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know why you're trying to link to anything because Marvel have had hit some really good heights with their TV shows like One Division, like Loki. I really really like Hawkeye, and it's and then there's but there's some of them where it's kind of like almost like you're treading water until the until you can figure out how to integrate this person into the wider MCU. And this was just kind of like I'm not sure what you're trying to do here. There were some bits where this film went a bit, where this went a bit, a little bit Indiana Jones and all that. But I was just left quite honestly not sure what what they were trying to say and what they were trying to do with this show or what what the point of this show was. Like where the show ends 
it's obviously going to be like come back for the rest of the story i'm like no finish the story now finish a story <laughs> don't tell me to come back for the rest of the story so i was not i was not that taken with it and also it shows a problem that marvel has which is at the time these things were written and it's shown up when they made the first doctor strange film with casting tilda swinton as the ancient one when they thought that that was a good way of getting around the fact that the original ancient one was a shall i say an racist asian stereotype quite frankly and then they had a similar thing when they had iron man 3 and they had the mandarin and then they went oh you know we're gonna just sort of like you know we're gonna go away from our racist so so xenophobic past by um oh travel slattery and then and the people were like wait wait a second what the hell and marvel have this problem where you have these beloved characters and i do love these characters but they were made at a time when shall we say stan lee and all his other friends at marvel were not the most culturally sensitive people <laughs> and so you have this whole thing of trying to fight with this and this comes up comes about again the big question when i was watching this is okay Konshu is an egyptian god he needs a human avatar why the heck is his avatar not egyptian and yeah, yeah why is his avatar not egyptian but in the stories obviously because this were this was he was created in the 60s and stuff of course of course it's gonna be white it's gonna be white. anybody of importance is white so his avatar's gonna be white and so now they've gone and they've made him is oscar isaac but he's still not egyptian and then the, uh, to add insult to injury they the, there's a bit where they show the whole pantheon of the egyptian gods and all the avatars meet up and there's only one of them that could possibly be Egyptian. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm watching this thing going, there is a massive problem here. I may, many people might not pick this up, but for me, I'm going, why are the Egyptian gods not choosing Egyptian avatars? What is up with this? And it's <laughs> and it, it feels a little bit like because they've given the Mekalamawi, Mekalamawi is Egyptian and her character is Egyptian. She's married to one of, one of Oscar Isaac's personalities. And it feels as if because they've made her fully Egyptian, that they're patting themselves on the back. It feels a bit like that. And I heard an interview with the director, Mohamed Diab, who's Egyptian as well, who said he had to fight for a supporting character, not even the main character, to be Egyptian because they wanted to make her half Egyptian. And he, he was like, he had to fight for her to be. And this whole thing, I was just watching the whole show and I couldn't get this out of my head. I, could, I was like, why the hell are the Egyptian gods not choosing Egyptian avatars? Why are the why are the avatars American? Why are the avatars well like you know the American? That one's American. That one that one sounds like you know there's someone from West Africa. That one's English. Why are the avatars not Egyptian? And it just seemed like a very culturally insensitive thing to do in this day and age. And I couldn't understand why the heck they did it. And I wanted to ask so many questions to the people who made the show. So I think I would give Moon Knight three out of five because um, cultural insensitivities, and I just don't see the point. Which is sad because I do like Marvel. But now let's go to cinema. Go back to cinema. Let's talk about bad guys. So this bad is an guys. animated movie that um, animated movie that Sean went to go see. Took one for the team because I couldn't find the time to say it. And it's all about a whole bunch of animals that are usually seen as bad deciding to be good because then they can steal more stuff. So you have like the big bad wolf and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So Sean, tell me what do you think about this? Okay, so so here you have yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Some people might have seen the film Zootopia. It's it, but yep. it's a, so similar sort of uh, animation to Zootopia with you know nice characters, nefarious characters, um, and they're all animals. They're all different animals, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, you've got and you know for the traits, the animals have all got those certain traits. Like you know, the fox is obviously 
the brains Brilliant. of the outfit. And there's yep. a you know there's a female fox who's like, well you know they just handy to be a, a fox as well. And then you've got like a, a slippery snake and and then you've got <laughs> yeah. So basically they they've been caught they're, they're they're bad guys. And then there's this this lovely guinea pig that decides a professor that decides that the best way to rehabilitate them is you know make them become good guys. And there's a few subplots and there's a. Um, yeah, some of the characters are really good. Let's see, let's see if I remember the characters. There's, you know, Mr. Snake, uh, Mr. Fox. There's a shark in it, isn't there? Shark, yeah, and a piranha. And oh. so, you know, you can imagine like they're, they're heavies, you know, those boys are heavy. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. Got, you've got a Miss Spider, which is like, does the Miss Web, whatever. She, she, she's like the computer whiz that can, you know, you get in these films where you always need a computer nerd to yeah. say Mission Impossible, you know, to do all the, the stuff. And, and there's, you, there's you need the guy in the chair. Yeah, there's a moments in it where it's cutting close. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, oh, you, you. you know, so, and obviously yeah. being a spider, they can manage that. So anyway, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite predictable. It's quite predictable. You can see the plot's fairly certain where it's, it's, where it's going to go and, you know, good guys, bad guys, and in between guys, and what have you, and the normal. It's it's basically a, a bit of a a bit of a jape, you know, a bit of a a, a jolly well, jape, really. Well, then um, the, the way you've described it, that it sounds a little bit like you know Suicide Squad, but with cartoon with, animals. With cartoon <laughs> animals, yeah, 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 something like that. Um, and and it's quite colourful. It's 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 good fun. It's um. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, with I, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. I think I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I, I do enjoy some of these animated films. I, yeah. Some, you know, say like Zootopia and that. But yeah, this, this is this is probably good for, um, I would say, uh, all all ages really for children and for adults. You know, but it is extremely extremely predictable. You think, oh, I know exactly where this is going to go. I can see exactly what this is got. The the animation's really good. The characters are really good. Um, so yeah, on the whole, this is. I wouldn't say it was great. I wouldn't say you know it sort of was was a knockout film, but it had had enough in there to make it a, a three star. And I'm fairly sure that this would be one that if you had some young children, you could go. It would be fun to go and see it, and you wouldn't be disappointed. You know, it wouldn't be too too childish. There's enough yeah. in there to so. It, to me, this would be an ideal film to take your. Reminded me a bit of, like, say, the the Disney Robin Hood film. You know. Oh yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, because because I mean, it, it seems just from the trailer and everything, and from the, it, it seems almost kind of like, it, it's it's aware of all the tropes of a heist movie, yeah, and it's yeah. taking those ideas of a heist movie and it's putting them into a kids film and like you know with with like you know talking animals and all that kind of stuff. But I would imagine that there'll be a couple of bits where you'd be like, oh yeah, that's from that film. Oh yeah, that's from that film. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he that's he's kind of like yeah, the George yeah, Clooney yeah. character yeah. in Ocean's Eleven. I, 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 okay. I think and, I, I mentioned. Yeah, I think I mentioned like George Clooney. Yeah, and uh, you know Mission Impossible. I think I mentioned Mission Impossible, yeah. didn't I? And, yeah, and, and, so, I, yeah. I it, it, it looked it looked like a lot of fun, and that's the thing. it looked like a lot of fun, and it looked like a film that wasn't going to try and pretend to be anything but a lot of fun because I believe it, I think it was released for Easter. And it was kind of like, yeah, take your kids to the cinema for two hours. If you're like my brother, let them enjoy the film while you have a nap. So <laughs> it's kind of like, it, it looked like it was that kind of awesome. So how many stars would we give the bad guys? Well, I, I, I'm only going to give it a three. I'm not going to give it a four because it wasn't, but it's, it's entertaining enough. It's a decent enough film. 
And um, so, yeah, so, so this gets a three star from me, this one. All right, cool, good stuff. And now we go from cinema back to Netflix and stuff, and we go to The Rising, which you saw, Sharon. Yes, I saw it's. I'm trying to think if it's a six or eight part drama on Sky. Uh, but it basically starts with a murder. Ooh. And the person murdered doesn't know they've been killed until, well, towards the end of the first episode. So they wake up, um, basically, in a, in, and they think they wake up in a lake, and then they make their way home, and everyone is basically ignoring them. And then when they get home, everyone is basically ignoring them. And then they realise, bit by bit, that they actually have been killed they have been murdered and the rest of the drama is basically about them trying to find out how they died and it's about how um some people are able to see them and, and, and interact with them and others just can't and so mm. it's working out the sort of the parameters of this world in which they live what they can do what um, and how they can go about so by as each episode unfolds you, you discover a bit more about the characters about their past how they interact and you get you it's like all these it's like a bit film noir it's a bit sort of Nordic noir in that you get led to thinking oh it's obviously going to be them and then it's like ha 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 fooled you I'm not the killer and then <laughs> another episode along it's like oh it's obviously them ha ha fooled you they're not the killer and so it does sort of do that it sort of reel you in and then oh let you go reel you in let you go um throughout the thing but you do find out the murderer by the end of the, the drama so it's quite sort of self-contained um yes and so you see this sort of the crime unfolds through the eyes of the victim well, is this the one where it's like the victim is essentially trying to solve their own murder yes okay all right Cool, because I've, I've seen it. So so what did you think of it? What did you think of it? Yeah, there were some elements that were interesting. It reminded me a little bit of... There was a French drama, I think. Was it called... Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. I was going to say The Revenant, but it wasn't that. But it was something like that. Um, oh. How... Oh, the, the Returned? The Returned. But yeah, I can't remember what the French word for it was. But anyway, yes, it was um like The Returned where these people who have died have all come back and it's sort of some supernatural event. So the reason she comes back is is connected to some sort of mythological thingy that we haven't quite really got to the bottom of. But there's yeah. a reason why the, the world isn't populated by the spectres of the dead or the shades of the dead. So yeah. there's a reason why she's come back in that particular place. Um, but yeah, so there's some interesting things. There's some, I found it interesting rather than entertaining. It started off well and then to me i i, I only watched it because i wanted to see the whole series <laughs> so i could review it <laughs> I'm not You're like, oh i started now i've got to finish this thing if not, i can review it <laughs> yeah if i don't watch all of it it's wasted four hours of my life no, so, I did, <laughs> so i did persevere with it so i didn't love it i thought it was interesting i thought it was interesting ideas about the afterlife um not an afterlife I'd like to inhabit, to be honest with you. Mm. <laughs> the way it's portrayed, I'm thinking, okay, that's, yeah, not what I... I um, to me, I think the problem is, obviously, you, know, you and I sort of share a faith. 
So it's like yes. a goldless afterlife. Doesn't seem that much fun, to be honest with you. So I was thinking. <laughs> it's like so, it's like if you if you don't have a god, why is there an afterlife? <laughs> why is there an afterlife? And yeah, what's all that about? And why? Uh, <laughs> so I find it, that regard for me was left it entirely unsatisfying, and yep. so I found yeah it was a bit yeah I would say unsatisfying. It was interesting. But on the whole, I didn't, I didn't love it. So I would that say seems, seems like a theme for the week. Yeah. So I'd say it was. There's some interesting things. It's, it's entertaining for what it is, but you expect something a little bit more for that sort of drama. Well, I do anyway. If you're going to come in with big ideas, you need to have a bigger vision. I didn't think it had it. So for it, me, you need to back it up. Yeah. So me, it was more of a, it was definitely a three, um, but no more than that. So yeah. I would say yes, it's worth seeing, but. Don't expect great things from them. All right, cool. And the French title was Les Les Revenants. Rev- it was like close to the Revenants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you were. It was yeah, very I, close. I would say you were pretty spot on, and um, yeah, I think you were spot on. And even with me reading it up, I'm pretty sure I got the pronunciation wrong. I apologize <laughs> to my French friends. Right, <laughs> and now we go back to cinema really, really quickly for Sean to say what did you think of the Northman. The Northman. Oh, the Northman. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, I didn't think it knew what it wanted to be. I don't know. I thought it didn't know if it wanted to be arty. I didn't know if it wanted to be actiony. I didn't know if it wanted to be dramatic or melodramatic. Or, I. To me, it was a little bit all over the place, and I don't think it knew what it wanted to be. It was trying to be too many things instead of being one thing. That's that. That's my thought on it. Lovely scenery. So, what is this? Is this a David Lean film? Is this a you know, um, uh, well, it's, it didn't know what, for me, it didn't know what I wanted to be. It okay. had an idea, but it was just a bit all over the place and, you know, but it, okay. it was, okay. Sean, I've got a question. So you, yeah. you, you remember the lighthouse with William yes, Dafoe and um, Robert Patterson? You liked, liked the lighthouse, didn't you? Yeah, I did like the lighthouse, yes. Because I, 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 would, I would have leveled the same accusation at the lighthouse. Yes. It's the same director. It's the same. Isn't that strange? There you is go. It, is Look, it, isn't it funny how the world comes around? Is this, it's is funny, the same, isn't it? It's the same director, Robert Eggers, where I was like, what the hell is this film? What are you trying to... I, I remember just sitting there when I go, what the hell is this? Why is he speaking like... What's he going like? Why is there a mermaid? What the, what's he doing yeah. to the mermaid? It's mermaid, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, well he's now a dog? Yeah. I just... I I would, I would, would be great if you could see this film, so we could get your, your. I, I your would, take I would. I, I promised I would say what happened with the Northman. So last night, I finally found a cinema that was still showing the Northman, and I was like, okay, wow. cool, I could go yeah. see this thing. It's at, it's at, um, it's at ten to nine at night, which means that okay, my, uh, okay, wife and kid will be in bed. I can go away. I can do this, and then, and then they wanted to charge me ten pounds, and <laughs> yeah, ten pounds, and I was just kind of like. No, I was like not in these days of high fuel prices and God knows what with like you know the heating in the house and then I was like I'm not paying ten pounds to go to the cinema. I really want to see this film, but I'm not going to pay. T- so unless it goes back to the cinema where I pay five pounds, it's like I don't think I'm going to be seeing this film in the cinema on, uh, until it shows up on TV somewhere, which is a massive shame. Or unless somebody gives me. 
10 pounds and says, you can't use this for money for anything else apart from go see the Watchmen at the <laughs> Empire Cinema in Rubbery. <laughs> All right, cool. So now we go back to Netflix and stuff. And you saw The Other Side of the Wind show. The Other Side of the Netflix. Wind, yes. So this is a, this is a documentary film about uh, Orson Welles' last movie that he never really finished. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's basically a documentary and it starts off with his early life, his early films. Um, obviously mentioned Citizen Kane and how he then he, Hollywood sort of disowned him for what he was going to do because he became a bit maverick. So he had to go to Europe to work. And he, he, he made lots of other films. So all through this, all through this documentary, there's lots of archive footage. And then there's actual footage of the, the making of this film, which was going to be his last film. And all the actors who were involved and weren't involved and got sacked and got rehired. And uh, there's other directors, um, John Houston, um, Peter Bogdanovich and the players like uh, John Houston is, I didn't realize they, they were terrific friends. Orson Welles mm. and John Houston, who I rate very, very highly, were yeah. very much together. So basically this was John Houston playing Orson Welles <laughs> in, <laughs> Oh, you know, just, so yeah, so because, because John Houston was cast in the original film, by cast in the original Wells. film, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So he's, he's actually the same, but and it's saying he's the only one who could do it, you know. But in the end, what, why didn't Orson Welles do it himself, you know? So, and it was almost, and then there was there was was people that were saying, well, he never wanted to finish his films. Other people saying, well, he did want to finish his films, but he ran out with money, and a lot of the finance for that film came from Iran, from the Shah of Iran. Oh yeah, and then all of a sudden it was obviously with the when they had the the Ayatollah Khomeini takeover from Iran, they basically took the film and locked it away until so the funding the funding you know they they just ran out of funding yeah, yeah it just dried up because most of it was being financed by the Shah of Iran, which was quite interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff in this, and if you're into your films and if you particularly like your your Orson Welles films. I don't think, I was thinking back, I haven't seen, there's quite a few, and I've seen a few, but there's quite a few I haven't seen. And there was one that they go on quite a lot of, which is, uh, what is it? It's about Falstaff, and it like takes in three Shakespeare plays, which I'm going to yeah. make a, pardon? Have you seen that, Sharon? No, I haven't seen it, I'm aware of it. I know I'm aware I forget of what it's called, I forget what it's called now, it's a shame like that, but basically it's about Falstaff, and it takes in and the two Henry the Fourths and the Henry the Fifth, and it's just the, the folk. So that was really, to me, that was the most interesting. I thought, this is intriguing. This is interesting. I'm going to have to, to, to watch. I'd like to see this film. Um, but yeah, um, how much time I got left? That, that sounds a little bit like The King. The King. Yes, yes. A little bit like The King. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes to Henry V and it's very, very clever. All right. Okay. Oh, that's that's quite a lot of time. Then, so we can look <laughs> yeah. that up, that other film. Um, yeah. So you've got, as I say, you've got these directors talking. You've got Peter Bogdanovich and talking about the guy that was playing supposed to be Peter Bogdanovich. You've got a girl who's really young that's supposed to... It's, it is a typical documentary with lots of different archive material. I mean, it yeah, concentrates yeah. a lot of archive material, interspersed with some of the material from the film, interspersed with, you know, interviews with... And he's quite... To me, from what I got from this, was that Orson Welles was... Quite, it's quite for me. I think he was someone I would have got on with. He seems oh, okay, quite cool. jovial, quite likable character. And to me, I think, and this has made me 
more interested in awesome Wales to see some more awesome Wales. I, I was fully expecting you to say he seems to me like quite a quite an arsehole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I would have thought. That's what I would have thought for some of the things. But it was quite endearing as well. He had quite a nice, nice charismatic, you know, it was very charismatic, I would say. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, so if a bit like, and very, very intellectual as well. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very, yeah. very... Anybody who's seen any of his appearances on Parkinson's, with the big, massive, bushy beard with a where a big, massive, bushy beard that somehow sprouted a cigar from somewhere, yeah. just sticking out of this beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All so, right. So, how many stars did you give this? Okay. Well, this this I'm going to give. It's a tough one, this because I don't think it's quite worth a four star. I don't think it's quite worth a four star. It's definitely a watch if, if you're interested in that type of thing, and I am, and I got quite a lot out of it, but. It did seem, how can I say, you know, with, with documentaries, I wasn't like totally, totally engrossed with it. I could have yeah. been, you know, it could have been one of those ones where you could look away or easily stop it and go go to the toilet or if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to make a cup of tea, yeah. which is the joy of streaming, you can say, is you could stop it, which I think I did on one occasion. So, yeah, so I'm going to give this one a three star, but it's, it's worth a watch if you like your movies. We, we, we've had ourselves a very three star kind of week. Very, yeah. <laughs> A very three-star kind of week. All right, cool. Um, now, Sean, could you duck down again? I want to have another look at this actress because I've looked up her name. Yeah, so it, her name is Julie Warner, to give her her due. Julie Warner. And she actually kept working. She was she ended up in like LA Law and everything like that and has recently been in something. But I just realized, looking at her, that she looks like she could be Amelia Clark's mum. <laughs> That woman well does, yeah, doesn't like, she? If yeah, you put she, blonde hair on her, she could be the Khaleesi. Yeah, she she could be Daenerys. I, I, I was just I, like, I was, I was, I was just kind of like, oh wow. my god, yeah, she does look like her. She does look like she her. Does. She, I love yeah, it. yeah, it was because, also nip, nip tuck. Because Doctor Strange is her his his mother is some an actress called Vonda Vonda Banda Banda Wantham. And she used to be in a TV series, which I really liked. That was like a bit of a schoolboy crush for UFO. There used to be this TV series called UFO. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> she used to be the blonde haired. Well, that's that's Cumberbatch's. Oh, the Benny uh, Cumberbatch's mum. Mum, Ru- yeah. So. Okay, so we're bringing it full circle back to Doctor Strange. We are now, so I guess it's, ob- well, it's been a three-star kind of week. It's been a bit <laughs> disappointing kind of week. It's promised a lot and it delivered not quite enough. And, um... So what we just left with is we left with going to next week, next week where we will be seeing, and I, and because the cinemas around me are rubbish, I will be tracking down a cinema that I can watch this in. And this is what I was talking about, whether people have run, should have run away from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There is a genius, genius move by a filmmaking duo called the Daniels who have made a film called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which deals in similar yes. multiversal shenanigans and is being released this week. And I think with the general reaction to Doctor Strange, releasing this film right now is a stroke of absolute genius. <laughs> I think it's a stroke of absolute genius because this film is going to get a lot more um, attention than it otherwise might have. And from and all the reviews that have been coming have been going, oh my god, this is the best the, of the multiversal movies released this year. This is the best one. 
and, and so we will see i think by that by this time next week hopefully sean out of track down the cinema out of tied it to the ground and i've watched yeah. <laughs> i've yeah, so watched I, this because yeah, you've seen but, this already i have yeah 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 i mean it was one of those unlimited showings like cine world they do sometimes they do unlimited showings. showings and it yeah. was yeah it was was in bournemouth that i saw this um uh, but what was really weird was they, you know, like sometimes at these semi world things, you get free popcorn and that. Well, they had like seat numbers. They had this, they had like these five prizes of a cup of, I don't know what was in it, but anyway, stuff. And they were calling out seat numbers. Yeah. And of course, there wasn't that many, it was a huge cinema and there wasn't that many seats. And they're going, um, B1 and like that. Oh, no, oh the no people, one. And in the end, in someone, the said, seats, yeah. someone shouted out, just go for the closest, just go for the closest. <laughs> so they did that in the end. Otherwise, we'd have been there all night. But anyway. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, right, so I'm, I'm looking forward, I want you guys to see it, it's nice when other people have seen things, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. So, okay. until next week, I had a, I had a link for this, but I can't remember what I was going to say. So, <laughs> until yeah. next week, um, when we shall hopefully see everything every all, all at once. Oh, hang on a second, Sean's showing up with another picture, this he has another topic. person. You get, you get a million imaginary points, Tozen, if you can name this film, I don't think you'll get it. The guy on the left looks so familiar. <laughs> the guy on the left, so so this is Sean with his picture in the background. The guy, he looks. So, I'm sure I've seen him in something. I'm sure I've seen him in something. The guy on the right looks like Terry Thomas again, but younger. Yeah, it, it is someone who's really, really similar to him. But um, yeah, Sharon, any idea? James Robertson Justice and um. Yes. You're there. Out of my head. I was going to say Phillips. I was going to say Leslie Phillips, but is it Leslie? Yes. Phillips? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, this one's doctor film. Oh yeah, Leslie. Doctor in the House. Oh, close, close. It is a doctor film. This one, there was loads. There was loads of doctor films, which is why. Yeah, uh, which which all had Leslie Phillips in it. And you're, yeah, right. Yeah, Leslie Phillips was essentially the reincarnation of Terry Thomas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. it totally was. He <laughs> totally was. Yes. So, okay, you yeah, you were close. It could be. It could be. To be fair, it's a bit mean because it could be any of the doctor's films. It could be. The doctor uh, rings back. Doctor at sea. Doctor in love. Um, so it's doctor in the. I've got, I've got it. Got it. Doctor in the multiverse of madness. <laughs> <laughs> good shout. Good shout. No, that is actually doctor. Doctor in love. So. Um. <laughs> All right. So uh, until next week, where we shall come back with some more multiversal mayhem. It's a goodbye from me. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs>